Welcome to B-Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by. Mostly ignore it. Look at the ones that come out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln. I'm out here in London. I'm here with my man, Sam. Sam, how you doing? Um, you, you know, it's always it's always middling, always a mixed bag. Always, always middling. Never. I don't even know why I ask anymore. But <laughs> um, we are joined here by uh, very special guests from SP Film Viewers. We are joined by Paul and Sophie. Paul and Sophie, say hi to the people. Hello, Hello. everyone. <laughs> now, Paul and Sophie are joining us today, guys, to discuss a um, a another movie that I have lied about seeing. Um, a movie that's come out a lot Um, the one being Ghost 1990 uh, starring Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore you got the lovely uh, Whoopi Goldberg in there and then also on the exact same day the Bill Murray directed uh, Quick Change starring Bill Murray and uh, Gina Davis from uh, Thelma and Louise Louise? it's hard to say which one she is Um, and then also we have the alcoholic dad um, who basically was like a Japanese <laughs> pilot in Independence Day. Um, mm. So it's great. It's great to see Kingpin making it out yeah. <laughs> and yeah. doing very well. So there we are. Those are the two movies. We have SP Film Viewers on here. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much for having us, guys. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing your thoughts on these films as well. Please don't be too harsh on Ghost because it is one of my favourites. So you've got a female here, obviously, <laughs> which is a bit year. of a romance comedy kind of thing going on. So I, be mindful on that part because I think I might get a little bit passionate. <laughs> That's completely fine. Get passionate, get riled up. The, here's the thing about B-plot that you got to understand as well. Here, here we will make big claims, mm. make big opinions, just to see if the other guy is willing to challenge you on it. <laughs> Sweeping and statements. Other, and if the other guy challenges on it, you go back up. Why? Whatever. You never never matter. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> lot of a uh, lot of very loosely held opinions on this podcast uh, specifically. But anyway, so Ghost, one of your favorite films. Let's start with you in that case, Sam. Just before we get right into the meat of it, just kick us off with basic premise. What's going on here? Ghost is the story of a man. Uh, a, a man and his girlfriend, he is murdered uh, and he becomes a ghost uh, and attempts to get revenge on his killers and save his girlfriend who is now in danger. It's basically the sixth sense, but nicer. It's very beautiful. Very beautiful. Very succinct. Mm. Roll credits. Roll credits <laughs> from Saturday. Um Sophie, you said this is your favorite film. Tell us about why it's your favorite film. Tell us about the first time you saw it. Now, come walk us through that. So you're going to laugh, actually. The first time I saw it was I was quite little. Um, and I think I was absolutely terrified of it, believe it or not, the first time I watched it. And that was because we had a murder pretty much about 30 minutes in, didn't we? Um, <laughs> and I really didn't like the guy that obviously then went back to try and rob the apartment was scared of getting robbed and burgled and then we got to a point of where he dies and to me as a little child looking back at it now is laughable it really is um, <laughs> you know those dark ghosts that come and kind of bring him to hell or something oh my god I was so scared absolutely quaking in my boots I didn't want to do anything wrong in case those ghosts had to come after me <laughs> 
However, so it worked. Mom, the message of the film yeah, worked for you. Definitely. However, putting my adult head on and re-watching this was lovely to see the romance side of it, I guess. That part appealed to me, obviously, because I'm, well, not cliche in a woman, but, you know, you're going to probably enjoy that more than a man, I would assume. Um, uh, I will challenge you. I will challenge you. <laughs> it's a double. Um, it's a double challenge. That's a double, that's a double challenge. <laughs> Throw the flag on the plate. Um, no. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So, you loved it. You loved it. You loved the romance. Yeah, I think it's the relationship they've got. So the thought of an afterlife, I think, is wonderful to think that somebody is there still watching and looking after you. You better do that for me if you die first. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> and I think it's that aspect of kind of losing, losing your partner. I think it's that other side to you that you don't have, but he's still there. And you can see that person on the other side. So then dying doesn't seem that scary. How about you, Paul? When you die, inevitably, when you get mugged <laughs> because you're a banker, you've been embezzling stuff. We don't know you, Paul, personally. We don't know what you do in your personal life. But when you've probably been involved in some sort of grift, some sort of grift gone wrong, money laundering, uh, now you come back, now you have to horn Sophie, bother her while she's going about her day. Yeah. How are you going to do that? You have to, because you don't love me if you didn't. That's what this movie's telling us, isn't it? It's yeah, beautiful, I... beautiful message. But Paul, tell us, tell us about your relationship with this joint. Tell us your relationship with Ghost. Is this your first? Uh, how many? Have you seen it before? Blah blah blah. No, this is the first time watching it all the way through. I'd seen bits here and there, um, and particularly the I, I got a confusion with the part. You know, obviously the famous scene with the, the Righteous Brothers song and the you know the whole with the clay making mold in the clay and stuff. Now I assumed that that part was um, when he was the ghost, not actually when he was alive doing that part, or, or thinking, or I saw that pit and thinking that's going to come back into play later on in the film, but it doesn't. So it's kind of got misconstrued there somehow with, I'm um, guessing, that sort of pop culture thing, thinking that was that was partly to do with that. For a, a first time watch, it was I really enjoyed what um, it had to offer, really, uh, surprisingly, and it was... Um, I, 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 it was just, it was a really good experience. And Not browbeaten into no. enjoying it, are you sure? <laughs> can I, uh, can I jump, can I jump in with my, my gender challenge, right? Because this was a really interesting one for me, was that I haven't seen this film since I was about nine years old. And my, it was, my grandma loved this movie. So we sat, she, we sat down and she showed me Ghost. And as a kid, I was like, oh, what a great uh, ghost story. Where from the perspective of the ghost, as an adult, I was like, God damn, my grandma was horny. She was a <laughs> horny lady. This is, I was, and this was really interesting, right? Cause I'm, I'm 30 now and I watched this with my partner who had never seen it before. Uh, and I was definitely a lot more into the romance stuff than she was. A hundred percent, I was like, to the point where I was like, if I was in Swayze's position, I was like, well, I'm going to let Willie Lopez kill you, Demi Moore, because then we get to hang out quicker. I'm like, let's, do you know what I mean? This is, Willie, you did me a disservice, now you're doing me a favor. <laughs> uh, just a couple of things going back to it, enjoying it. I love that this is a grown-up movie for grown-ups. This was the biggest movie in the North in American box office in 1990. And I just love, love, love the idea of a movie that's not based on a book, 
or a fucking comic book or a graphic novel being yeah. the biggest movie of mm. the year. And like, mm -hmm. if you look back, I, I went and looked at the at the kind of highest grossing movies of every year, uh, going back to about 2000. And there's only about two movies that aren't like, that isn't like a comic book movie or a book or something else. It's I think it's Frozen and Avatar. And that's it. Mm. And like 20, yeah, 20 odd years of movie. Being. So here we have Ghost. Uh, loved coming into it. Uh, a couple of things I enjoyed. Uh, Sam, you know this. Does, did you get the vibe that Tony Goldwyn and Patrick Swayze, that they were double teaming Demi Moore at the beginning? Did, did you get that vibe? Because I got a vibe. I think okay. there's like a, a, I think I got a like a pansexual threesome vibe. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because they were like hammering down that that apartment building, and I'm like already I'm upset because I'm like yo get a professional in, <laughs> someone with some permits, so a yellow helmet, a high vis jacket. Let's get him, not you guys with your fucking abs out. Just trying yeah, to hammer, just hammering through a building. It's like this is this building up to code. How many hedge fund managers do you know that are like, yeah, I built the house my fucking self. Like this nobody works helped. at a bank. <laughs> works at a bank. Both of these guys are bankers. These guys are rewiring the rewiring the electricity in this place, this cavernous New York City apartment. So it's not particularly believable, is it? You know, like just because you got a bit of a buff to you in your arms, you think you're right. Yeah, yeah. These guys are just yeah, just have at it, really. It's setting the scene. Mm. <laughs> of them building the home together. That's what you should do. <laughs> yeah, but with with Tony Goldwyn's like, we talk about attainable body goals on this podcast a lot, and uh, Tony Gold, Tony, like Patrick Swayze already has unattainable body goals, and then Tony is like, this this is a picture of a Greek statue. This isn't a human man. Oh man, guy, dude, fucking Tony Goldwyn, dude, fucking ripped like lettuce. This guy, <laughs> fucking, oh, my man, did you see him? Ripped like a piece of paper, this guy. Mm. My mm. goodness, dude. That scene, oh my God. And you know what? He's my favorite character. I love it. I love it. He's a, he's a toxic Don. Shout out to all my toxic, <laughs> shout out to all my toxic kings out here. Oh my God. This is one of the most toxic scenes. I watched mm. this one with my partner as well. Um, we enjoyed it. She was getting so upset. I was like, yes, Tony. Yes. Feel the darkness. <laughs> Feel the toxic waste coming up in here. Where he spills the coffee on himself. My man spill it. Takes off his shirt. Ga -ga. <laughs> like yeah. that doing. Like <laughs> Unbelievable. Demi Moore, she's like, whoa, what's going on? I'm full of grief. There's all sorts of sexual tension. There's pictorials. There's all sorts. She can't handle it. Mm. She can't handle it. Luckily, my man Patrick Swayze comes through cock blocks. Obviously, he's dead. It's not cheating. He's dead. Yeah. It's not cheating. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, like if I die, mm. you have to at least grieve for a year and then find someone new. I want you to be happy, but I want you to be at least missing me for a little while. You can't just like a week later yeah, think, to the next one, yeah. oh, you'll do. We didn't really love him anyways. I... I think that's absolutely fair for present day UK relationships. But you have to remember, this is New York, 1990. They're shooting this. They're shooting this at the end of the 80s, right? So the Guardian Angels, like everything is just a fucking crisis. So a week in New York, 1989 time is like 17 years of life anywhere else on the planet. All right, yeah. yeah. It's also, yeah, it's unfair. We can't hold 
people in 1990s um, standards of dating in the afterlife to today's <laughs> standards of dating in the afterlife. <laughs> now, if you die and, you know, your partner has to grieve and, like, rip a bunch of T-shirts and then, like, go through a weird thing where they start chain smoking. Back then, you know what? <laughs> people were dying every day. Um, it was pre-Giuliani. The crime was rampant. <laughs> crime was rampant in the United States, specifically New York. Um, so these, these, these the times were different. Times were different. But guys, we've gone way off track. Um, favorite favorite scenes, Sam from Ghost. Favorite scenes from Ghost. Uh, dude, I had uh, look uh, pretty much every scene with Whoopi Goldberg because mm, mm, mm. one thing I remembered specifically was as a kid as a nine-year-old i was like this is a Whoopi goldberg movie with patrick swayze and demi moore in it but as an adult i was like she's got maybe like what 20 minutes half an hour of screen time max in the whole movie so specifically the thing i love the most was when she when she goes to the bank man when she's pretending to be rita miller and it's just like she's just making just dumb these are mistakes that have to be written because no rational human being would ever be like, Odame, that's, oh wait, no, I'm stealing 4 million fucking dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you guys? Favorite scenes? A hundred percent agree on the Whoopi Goldberg. Um, she's every, every time she's on screen, basically. Yeah. It's always hilarious when she's coming out with all the, the lines that she does and it's kind of, who's that kind of thing. And then the, that's the bit the, that I love the most the, when she's kind of got the gift of yeah. being able to speak to Sam. She's been stringing along with people so long and then she's actually got an actual connection with someone to do this and then it's kind of freaking her out. So that's, that's <laughs> kind of like that initial reaction to that is quite humorous because like, who, who said that? Kind of. It's a little bit of karma though, isn't it? Yeah. Because she's been kind of fraudulent towards these people yeah. thinking that she's actually giving him a reading and now actually she's got this person who then kind of torments her a little bit and starts singing, I'm Henry VIII, I am. <laughs> Yeah, I was in the scene as well. She's like, just not letting her sleep, and it's just like, just stop, leave me alone, type of thing. It's just, oh. I like that this is a ghost story. Um, I think we should maybe go back to that a bit, where we have ghost stories that aren't necessarily like supernatural, the way that it was with like Shakespeare or whatever. Like someone would just come up and be like, "Yo, Hamlet, whatever, I'm dead, boo, whatever." Cool. <laughs> like we should go back to that, and I mm. like that my man Patrick Swayze. That uh, he is, um, that he is, kind of figuring his way out through this world. I have a couple of questions. Um, number one, why does he get to stick behind? Um, oh, yeah, okay. Number we can answer that super quick. Okay, thank you. And then number two, um, why doesn't he just fall through the floor of all of the building? Well, how can he like? Is there something magical about the New York transport system? Like, why Why can he move between those things? But why doesn't he fall straight through onto the tracks? Like, how does that work? Is that no question worth answering? Because it might not be. Uh, the, okay, well, the first one, I'll tell you, the, the, I mean, the first one is just a classic unfinished business, right? He has the opportunity to pass on, but he just can't do it. He just can't bring himself to do it. So these ghosts that are left behind are lost souls. Like the other guy, the guy he meets in the emergency room is waiting for his wife to die so that they can chill. The guy on the subway, poor guy, tried to kill himself. Obviously did. Sorry, did kill himself, but can't. He's been so... He's been so, He's the guy who is the product of New York in the 80s, who's like, I'm so... Damn it, I can't remember anything. And so it's just like he's constantly trying to find something that's not there. 
It's to do with falling through the floor because this is a problem with everything, right? Where it's like a late like lasers death rays anything it's like how does the thing know where to how does the lightsaber know where to stop right uh i think ghost actually deals with it quite well where it's like if it's the ground like the memory is enough to keep you on the ground but going through doors because he can't interact with the thing it, it's like he kind of gets he kind of becomes door right like when he's trying to go through demi moore's front door his skin starts turning, like everything on him starts turning the color of the door. So it's just sort of like slowing down. The more solid something is, the more it slows down the energy. Mm. Okay, fair enough, man. I'll take I'll take that. I, don't, I mm. didn't I didn't need as good a explanation as as you gave, but that was but you but you nailed it. You nailed it. Mm. Um, yeah. The other thing what? I wanted, yeah, I was sorry, Sam. The other thing I wanted to say was um, the apartment. Um, Tony Goldwyn built it of the strength of his of his core, and so did uh, Patrick <laughs> Swayze. And um, I've never seen such a poorly decorated apartment that clearly <laughs> costs so much money. Mm. What the fuck is this? That shit looked like honestly, it looked like a a brunch place in a soft opening. Like it looked like <laughs> it's like. Demi, what is this? Like, can you can you get more than one couch? Like, oh, one little mm. rug. Oh, great. How would we put some rails on those fucking stairs? It yeah, looks yeah. it looks unfinished, Demi. Please, please. And she's meant to be an artist, isn't she? So mm. it's mm. an artisty environment, though. Well, Very this minimal. is right. As as an artist. Myself, oh no! <laughs> I would say, I would say that's really that's a banker's place. Mm. <laughs> like, preach on it, preach on it. <laughs> like, I'm renting a room without a kitchen above an old friend's mum's house. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's where an artist lives at somebody yes. else's parents. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> right? To me, more, and this is the because this is the thing that really like fucked me off at, right at the beginning was she had. They move in, he's brought his comfy armchair and she has a problem with how ugly the chair is, right? And, and this ties into Lincoln's point. It's like, Demi, you can't be making like crazy swing decisions like this. The guy's bought clearly the only thing that's like good for function in the house. <laughs> and on an artist's salary, there's no way you bought any of the things. Like there's just, and it's also like pottery as like the primary art form where people are like, I don't, I don't think before the movie there was a swath of people going like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of paintings. I'm sick of sculptures. I just want a vase. I want like a really fucking expensive vase that's gonna pay for like a two mil New York like loft apartment. <laughs> Sophie, do you care to respond? Um, <laughs> you are right, actually. With the you've got valid points. The only thing I can think of is obviously Patrick Swayze is bringing in the books here and he's just letting Demi more spend it on whatever she likes, which mm. is kind of the thing um, which women do anyways. Um, sometimes I don't get away with it with him. But to be fair, yeah, the chair is god awful. It's like kind of does not fit with the room, the, 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 the decor. decor. Yeah. I would probably want to compromise and throw a over it or something like that to make it look a bit less 
I don't know, I think a feminine touch with it. And I think it's just a bit masculine and it doesn't fit the room, I believe. So Paul, what, Paul, what I'm hearing is you're not letting her get away with any of the furniture. She's like, oh, how about we put a nice plant? Yeah, Paul's like, no, get that plant away from me. <laughs> Don't you put that plant there, goddammit. That's what I'm getting from this situation. A little bit, I guess. I think it's happened oh, okay. literally this weekend in the garden. We've got some garden lights and I've gone like OTT yeah. on garden yeah, lights. Yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, we can put those there and... But I'm, I'm I'm the one who's putting them in the ground and like spreading them out and everything. But it's like, oh yeah. But then it, hey. and then you, when it comes to it, it kind of looks, uh, yeah. The final result, it does look nice. So yeah, look, yeah. look here's the, here's the thing. Here's what I've learned over my time. Uh, man, hey, get in there, fucking roll up your sleeves, get your elbows out. That whole thing about like, oh, the man brings home the bucks and then the woman decorates. And like she makes the place nice, and it, it's it's rooted in sexism because it's kind of like oh that's women's work or like they they decide how the house look. Fuck that. We are arguing in IKEA. It's a fight. Oh, you think you think you want that glass? I want this glass. We are going all in, all in. Fuck that shit, dude. You can't be like oh we were like no 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 no. This this couch is trash. This couch has got to be, like that's the, that's the way you got to do it. Make your place nice for yourself. Don't outsource your comfort. Because guess what? A time's gonna come. Uh, Ten years down the line, you look around you like oh I didn't <laughs> I don't know who am I? <laughs> I didn't look at any of this. <laughs> Surrounded by all these things. My dad bless his heart. My dad's like getting on to sixty. My man can't make a sandwich for himself. He has no idea what his belt size is. Nah, dude. <laughs> don't don't outsource stuff. Keep that shit mm. in house. That's what I would say about your man Patrick Swayze. Um, he is ultimately Sam. I I want to make a strong case for Patrick Swayze as uh, as the villain. Okay. Um, um, yeah. First of all, banker. Mm-hmm. Big big red flag. Um, yeah, he was doing what he was doing, but he probably was gonna you know cause some fifty uh, year old. Uh, housewife to lose her house in the 2008 mortgage crisis. It's it's inevitable. It's <laughs> mm. inevitable. Number two, if Patrick Swayze just gives the guy his wallet, if he doesn't try and be a hero, this movie doesn't happen. He doesn't get killed. Mm. Um, yeah. It's very unlikely that Demi Moore gets killed. It's very unlikely that your man, uh, that Willie Lopez would break in and then also hurt Demi Moore, attracting more attention all he actually wants is the, the the I don't know the nuclear detonation codes, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, the access codes, the access codes to the fucking mainframe, whatever it was. That's all he actually wants, right? So mm. if Patrick Swayze just gets out of his own way and doesn't want to be fucking Captain Fantastic, this movie just quietly goes on. Him and Demi get married, and you know he joins Enron in the late nineties or something. <laughs> like, well. It's, it's sorry uh, just an aside to that because that's that's a brilliant point right is that without Swayze getting murdered the film doesn't happen if he doesn't do that but it's, a, it's another super interesting thing about uh the movies you can't make anymore because of technology right um but I think it holds true of this as well because they are just trying to get the account passwords for this four million dollar account to run the money back into this drug kingpin, right? Who you never see, is never in the film. But um, you can't do that. To, you, you couldn't make this film today because 
it like you could just text you just hack the part you just be like oh yeah well we just we just wrote a bunch of bot software that just finds the passwords and that's how we steal it and it's like less traceable than being like oh i hired willie lopez at 303 fucking park drive whatever to kill you but this is the other thing right this is the this is when patrick swayze dies we have to assume tony goldwyn takes over his accounts right because this is the only way this is the only way tony goldwyn so this is my one like little logic hole with the film is that he has to get murdered for tony goldwyn to get away with it because if he doesn't get murdered then when tony goldwyn starts hacking into the thing and doing the transfer he's just like wait i didn't do this who's the other person it's my good buddy tony do you know what i mean there's there's he, there's got to be some record of Tony logging into his account from a computer, even in 1990. And, and and I just think it's that whole, the whole 90s was this period of film. I think I've brought this up before where as a job in a, to serve the purpose, of, you could just be an internet genius. And it was, you don't do anything. You're just, you're an internet genius. Like DMX was an internet genius in, I can't remember that fucking movie. Wounds. Is it Exit Wounds? I think it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what did he do with it? He's just a genius at the internet. And it's this thing where I'm like, I don't think you guys who made this know how computers work <laughs> or networks or anything outside of ghosts, ironically. Because here's the other thing about this. And I, this is the, I think I have a hole that's not exactly the same. My hole is that I don't understand why the passwords have to die with Patrick Swayze. I work, in a, <laughs> I work in a relatively big company. If someone's ill, if they have to take their kid to the doctor, <laughs> I can get those passwords. If they get fired, they, they can't just take the passwords with them forever. <laughs> so so I don't yeah. That's nuts. Why can't, why can't Tony Goldwyn just go to whoever their boss is and be like, can I just have all his passwords now? And the boss is like, yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair enough. I feel there'd be some sort of transition where that would happen anyway, relatively well speaking. To be fair, they should really reset him up if we're going to go politically GDPR and everything. They should set him up properly with his own passwords and everything because you shouldn't send somebody else your passwords. But because <laughs> I actually work in accounts payable, so I have my own passwords. So literally, I deal with transfers. So if somebody wanted to come and kill me, <laughs> they'd have to go get their own user ID <laughs> to be set up. Exactly. But also, no can you, but can you imagine that? So if you work in these accounts, people, can you imagine now you've been killed? God forbid you've been murdered. The next, the next day, your people are sitting around the table going, guys, we have a real, real problem here. Um, we don't have any idea. What <laughs> Sophie was doing? Computer guys, they're like, dude, can't you get hack into the mainframe? He's like, dude, who do you fuck? I am? Do you think I'm Bill Gates or something? I don't know. How to get it. Those passwords are gone. Those passwords are gone now. Move on. She's dead. They'd have to probably go and kill somebody else. Probably that would be the thing because the next person then would have. There's like, we have to make sure there's two people within the office that have access. So they'd have to go and kill somebody else for the passwords and still then they won't be able to. <laughs> However, going back... Round and round and round we go. Murdering each other. 
<laughs> the, the, the password. <laughs> we can just pick the picture with th three fire hydrants in it and be. Oh yeah, now I'm yeah, in. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to move on to uh, the film that came out on the exact same day. Quick Change, starring uh, Bill Murray, the God. Mm. Bill Murray, B Money, as we like to call him <laughs> in this part of the world, the Great Bill Murray, and um. Sam, can you just give us a uh, give us brief summary of Quick Change? Quick Change is a story of Bill Murray, Gina Davis, and Randy Quaid all teaming up to rob a bank and escape, disguised as the hostages that Bill Murray has taken. And it is a it's a weird one because it is then a comedy of almost errors as they haphazardly try and get to JFK Airport whilst the police are figuring out they're on the run. Okay. Pretty good. Um, SP, how are you guys? What do you guys reckon? Quick chains, like it? Didn't like it? What's up? It was, I weirdly did enjoy it. I mean, I can see it's obviously with Bill Murray directing the, or part or co-directing the film, should I say, I can see this sort of like his sort of influence and mannerisms that would make the, the story work. Um, it's not obviously not the, the strongest thing. The storyline wasn't, was was fairly predictable as to how things were going to go. I think yeah, everything's going to work out in the end for him. But um, no, it was it was an enjoyable watch. It's, it isn't certainly not the worst thing I've ever seen. But I can maybe understand why people. It wasn't such a big hit because it's kind of like completely the, understand under, why. Under, sorry, I completely understand why it wasn't. Yeah, I I'm you're being far too kind about this film. I really really struggled, but I have got an issue with comedies. I. I do like to laugh. I'm not saying I don't, but when I know literally every beat of the film that's going to come, it's so predictable and a bit daft. I'm like, I'm not enjoying this now because it's like, yeah, okay, that's going to happen. Yep, of course she's going to be pregnant. And <laughs> all of this kind of... I think my main bit that I enjoyed was at the beginning when they were in the bank. I think when they yeah. got... I think it was it kind of reminded me. I don't know if you guys have seen a film called um, Inside Man, because I've watched yeah. that recently, and that 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 all sort of lead up with that first bit of the bank kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I mean, I was I was thinking, is it going to be like a similar thing where it's going to be all about the sort of like thing with the bank? But then I'm thinking, no, there's no, there's no way that they can stretch it out that long because this is um, got the main character in it. But you kind of like you know they're going to be the ones that are coming out of the bank and then it's all just going to be like trying to get away and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. So from what, what I'm taking from that is uh, Paul, you kind of liked it. Uh, Sophie, you hated it. You wanted to, you wanted to burn down the television. Um, I absolutely did. I'm not going to lie. I did actually say to Paul, like how long have we got left? I'm like, I know what's going to happen. So why am I even watching this now? And I think it was just, a bit predictable. I love Bill Murray, though. That's the thing. It it kind of did disappoint me because I really love Bill Murray. And even him, I didn't really like his character. I felt like it was more, it was a bit of a sleazeball, really, I think. He was kind of out for himself. And he, like, didn't really care about his partner too much Sam, until the end. Sam, are you, uh, you perked up there. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. It's, it, well, it's very interesting that last thing you said, Bill Murray, a bit of a sleazeball. I'm gonna put this forward as a huge Bill Murray fan. I cannot think of a single film I have seen with Bill Murray, B Money, that he hasn't been a complete sleazeball in. 
And I'm going Lost in Translation, Groundhog Day, Scrooged, Stripes, like uh, even the the only one I think that maybe he isn't because he's so stupid in it is Caddyshack. But yeah, I might also be misremembering and I'm also pretty sure there's a point where he tries to bang that gopher or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. something in there. I will say I kind of fucking loved it. You see, you, you know what's crazy? I'm so glad that we have B-plot versus uh, SB film viewers over here. Because I knew, I fucking knew Sam would like this movie. Because I loved this movie. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was me. To, I loved we, it. And I'll tell you. A, fl- a flag in the ground at this moment is this is the first time this has happened. Yeah. We've had a guest where me and you are the ones that yeah. agree. This has this never happened crazy. before. Never happened before. And I can tell you exactly why I loved it and why I think Sam would like it as well. This podcast, Sam and I um, are both comedians. Sam and I once, the first time we spoke, we spoke at length, or I think spoke the second time, about how great Uncut Gems is, the Adam Sandler uh, film. We both love that movie. Uh, this this but, movie is this uh, movie is 100% Uncut Gems. It's <laughs> Uncut Gems, After Hours. Have you, have you guys ever seen? There's a great, 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 it's one of the, like, the forgotten Martin Scorsese classics, a film called After Hours. And it basically has the exact same premise. It's um, someone is stuck after dark in New York and um, he has a very easy goal, but he's prevented to get from getting this goal for really, really dumb reasons. And the tension between those two things makes it incredibly stressful because you're just like, oh my God, if everyone can just stop being dumb for five seconds, we can get to the airport and we can go home. And this is what I loved about this thing as well. Is like it's incredibly dumb. If the yeah. dad, for, if um, if the guy, the bowling guy from Kingpin, the Amish person, if he doesn't lean Randy on, Quaid. thank you, uh, brother, brother, lover of Dennis, brother, mm-hmm. yeah, bro- yeah, brother, brother of, of Dennis, brother of Dennis. If he doesn't lean on the the hooter or whatever, this movie's fine. We go a separate yeah. way. We go separate ways. That's how and, the plot really from that it's kind of like just if he hadn't done that then we'd all been okay and we'd just gone on the plane and everything would be okay. But how daft is that for example somebody dying in a film means that the film wouldn't go ahead because of the passwords or somebody pressing a car horn i mean let's just think about that for a logic plot line oh by the by the way don't sophie don't come at us thinking we didn't actually like ghost because we loved ghost we just pointed out the passwords because i can tell you you're, you're taking it very personally you're taking it very personally i uncut watching uncut, uncut gems with you but you were like no i don't want to watch it but i couldn't I, get past the fact it was adam sandler i think and i've i think i've just got this quite a bit of a loathe i really i can't even the way that. he speaks like just it's one of those things for me where it just I don't know I think it's because I actually grew up like Sam said with all these kind of happy Gilmore um never being kissed um was no it wasn't uh, but that yeah, was one another no, no, the wedding singer. Singer. yeah 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 and I think it was I think my dad must have really liked him because they were on all the time that it's grown a bit of kind of being sick to death of seeing him a little bit so now any film that he's in i'm sorry so sorry i just and i think you're right i think this is why it's rubbed this film for me i didn't enjoy because it is 
typically kind of like one of those cliche comedies where you know what the beat of the drum mm. and what's going to happen. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> you didn't expect you that. Know, no, don't apologize for your opinions. Of course, <laughs> you're, you're very happy. You're very welcome to them. Um, this will be the last time we will be having SP. The <laughs> 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 so first uh, grand opening, a grand closing. Um, no, no, no. Of course, of course not. Of course not. We welcome all opinions uh, on B plot. Um, no, I, I can tell you what I really enjoyed. Uh, what I really enjoyed about uh, Quick Change is that after hours, Uncut Gems like quality of the city is like its own character, um, in the sense that the other the characters mention the city repeatedly. They keep saying, "Oh, I wish if we could just get out of the city. If we could just get out of the city. Oh, the city will drive you nuts." And and it does that beautiful um, after hours is very good for this, where there's like little asides, kind of little absurd, like movies outside of the movie. Mm. Like you get little glimpses, like for example, in this one, where they, um, the jousting yes. scene, where they joust the bicycles. And I'm like, that's a whole world. It's beautiful. A whole world that the movie is like, that's just like outside of the, of the kind of main plot. And the implication is also, that New York City is so weird, a city, that something like that can happen, and that's just like background. Can you just describe to the people listening what that scene is? Because it's one of the most majestic things I've ever seen in a fucking movie. <laughs> I, I was like, everything about this feels like it was it was just for me, and I love it. Okay, so there's the scene where they're trying to find um, where um, uh, Independence Day dad and Thelma and or Louise and um, B-Boogie, they're trying to find their way out of, they're trying to find their way out of New York. Yeah. And um, they see, they see a Mexican gentleman or a Hispanic gentleman, I should say, on a bicycle with some sort of lance, a night style style. And there's someone, there's another guy on the opposite end of the kind of car park and they just cycle towards each other and crash into each other. And there's like, it's insane. There's like a priest there, and <laughs> what I assume is like an Italian widow, and she just starts <laughs> like, like like wailing, and I'm just like, and then um, the Randy, kid rings uh, the bell. The kid, the kid rings, rings the church bell, bell, bell. bell. solemnly. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, out of the next scene, um, I think Randy Quaid sums it up perfectly when he says, um, "A man should." <laughs> Man should not have to see something like this. Or it's, something like it's it's it's. He says something like, uh, "See, seeing something like that changes a man." Something, oh, something fucking crazy. God. But I it was, was just like, a perfect punchline. It was like, oh, I get it, I get it. Mm. And also, can I also say what this movie does really well is, um, and I wrote down this because he's a quite famous uh, actor, uh, Jason Robards, the um, plays the police uh, chief, as it were. And he, um, the movie walks a really, really good line between getting you to root for the criminals, but not, but still liking the police, like still like, and, and, and when the eventual, and I, and I kind of agree with you, Sophie, the conclusion, very neat. It's a very, because the police chief gets his win and so does Bill Murray and Thelma and or Louise. And um, so does Dennis Quaid. And so- what did I say? Dennis. Yeah. Randy. Randy. Uh, so Randy, Randy Quaid. So Randy Quaid, everyone gets the good kind of neat conclusion and it's a little bit too neat. Um, but he is lovely. Did you notice the thing where 
where they were like holding hands. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, that was so good. Lo- me and oh. my partner talked about that so much. It was like, I love oh, how many dudes are just holding hands in this movie. Did you guys, did you guys notice that? Yeah, I think I did, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Um, which characters yeah. were those again? Was it the... Was the, the police chief and uh, oh, and his yeah, yeah. does. I found that a bit weird. And, like, and, and, um, and then Bill Murray does it to Randy Quaid when he. So a little bit of setup for the for the bank robbery scene, right? Is Bill Murray is dressed as a clown, robbing the bank, strapped with TNT. Gina Davis and Randy Quaid are playing hostages. We're not supposed to know that, but it's quite clear to the audience that hostages. And Randy Quaid is vomiting into a glove. So he's the first hostage all the other hostages want to get rid of. So he sends him out and they and he holds his hand. And it's like just it happens like four or five times throughout the movie with different relationships as well. I think there's another one in the mafia scene. They get they manage to swindle the mafia. And I think two of them hold hands in a way. And I was like, I love this. Sam, I think that might be me and you post lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> just me. Just me. Uh... Me and Sam outside the, me and Sam outside the Sainsbury's. Way to get in. Platonic. It's beautiful. Platonic. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair to Paul, I think probably if he was watching it with you guys, it'd be fine. But then kind of having a stone cold face person not laughing at anything probably sucks the fun out of the film a little bit. You might have enjoyed it better without me. <laughs> it's sometimes hard, um, well, I admit, to what I think is funny and Sophie's there like what I don't get it <laughs> it's sometimes a hard sell for Sophie with films sometimes but um on the, yes. the fact yeah. that sorry, yeah, about the, um, the fact that obviously Bill Murray's dressed as a clown at, at the bank I kind of obviously getting very like Joker vibes from that <laughs> like you know pre you know like even the Dark Knight and and modern Joker of, of recent that kind of vibe going on kind of thing so it's kind of mm. like i find that quite interesting that's that that's a, a thing but maybe that's just because it's it sort of ingrained in me from seeing those films of over the past mm. few weeks so i don't know if there was any two two interesting real thing because I, I i i didn't i didn't think that but now thinking about it i'm like and for me i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a hardcore batman nerd um uh but controversy the my favorite batman movie is batman forever because i'm like at least it knows what it is right but uh, okay i yeah. think i i think that that uh what's it quick change did what no live action batman has been able to do <laughs> would just make the joker funny though just make him just a little bit fu- because i'm kind of like he was funny in the cartoon there were funny moments in the comics i'm like just Give me some reason to enjoy this character on screen. I just, that's my thing. Uh, and I forgot my other point. Right. <laughs> this is, again, classic Sam. Mm. I, have, uh, three, three, uh, I have three points, guys. Just one thing, three points. Uh, first thing, second thing. And yeah. Mm. I did this for you, Lincoln. I tried to only do two things, right? Because it's always, number two is always filler. So I tried to go one, two, done. And I still, I, I'll always forget the last point. Is the problem is he says this look it's three things and then he starts with but the thing is he doesn't know what the third thing is he, he knows what the first thing is and he knows what the third thing is but he doesn't know what the second thing is so he says it's three things and he'll go and the first thing is blah 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 and the second thing is uh, another thing <laughs> and the third thing is <laughs> no, 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 no. it's very frustrating um lots of people have written in complaining about Sam not being able 
fight me. To remember, <laughs> to remember the order of things. Um, and I want to head this off because I don't want to turn this into a Batman discussion. Yeah. We'll be here all evening. Um, other thing, uh, should we move on to the, the kind of categories? Because unless, unless you have anything else you want to add about quick change, Paul? No, I don't think I don't think so. Um, I think it's just that. Um, well, I guess we'll we'll go through it on the the categories thing because the kind of points like about it. So yeah, that's okay. Love it, love it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, uh, categories, guys. <clears throat> Sorry, let's get serious, please. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, Fucking guy. Hey, yeah. there's a there's a time to laugh. There's a time to be serious. Um, <laughs> now is a time to be serious. Uh, we have categories how we compare these two films um, every week. Usually the first category is the instant cancellation. So what was kind of okay in 1990 that uh, it's not okay now that if this came out uh, nowadays, we'd be canceled immediately. Blog posts would start flying out. People would people would say, we have to de-platform Patrick Swayze. Mm. He's no longer allowed to speak for the ghost community. <laughs> um, what, what, what is the instant cancellation, Sam? Kick us off. Uh, okay, I'm going for Ghost. This is my instant cancel is for Ghost because this is the thing. I don't feel like this film was written with these stars in mind yet. It might have been, I might be wrong. But if you look at the heart of this movie, it's a buddy cop movie, right? It's Whoopi Goldberg, it's Patrick Swayze, white guy, black woman, becoming friends, having to bond over these like adverse circumstances. They're the point, and it is still one of the funniest jokes in the thing, but the point where he makes her give up the $4 million dollars to white nuns hanging out on fucking Wall Street when Whoopi's whole thing is being from the projects of this rundown community is like, I think that's the cancel. Is Patrick Swayze taking four mil out of the rejuvenation instead of the gentrification of Brooklyn? <laughs> also, I have, to, I have to give credits to my partner for helping me with that one because I was like, oh yeah, that's a fucking good idea. Yeah, yeah, I love it, I love it. SP, what do you guys have for us? Instant cancellations. Oh, so well, we, we, we kind of brainstormed a little bit, didn't we? But you came up with this one because I was really rubbish at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not as deep as what you came up with, Sam. But um, I think it's really just the the objectification of the, the sort of the, the cab driver that's in um, a quick change. Mm. Tony like, Shalhoub, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I don't understand what he's saying. And, and there's the whole thing of, about him it's just his character really that the, the, the kind of play on and it's like is, is that really necessary to be doing like, <laughs> the way they like yell him. and all that kind of stuff it just doesn't come across as as, as very pc i suppose in that regard the next category that we have is the weirdly woke moment now that's a moment where it's like in 1990 you're like mm, i don't know about this uh, but actually, you know what? By today's standards, fits our standards. So very good. We enjoy it. For me, the weirdly woke moment is um, actually right after the Tony Shalhoub scene is where the police chief is very nice to Tony Shalhoub, very nice to this immigrant cab driver. And he's just kind of like, okay, now someone get this guy, a, get him us, get him a soda. 
and he just kind of um, treats him with a little bit of uh, grace and a little bit of decorum. And I'm like, oh, man, uh, this was the high point of uh, police and uh, immigrant communities uh, relationship. Uh, do the right thing came out the exact same or came out a year just before that it was a very different story <laughs> yeah sam what do you got for us i got two two weirdly woke moments right because and i have to tag on because another it's i've got a weirdly woke moment for the tony shalhoub character which is the thing i found really interesting was that like he's supposed to be this like lebanese uh cab driver who can't speak english but it's randy quaid who is the active racist and is like, this guy doesn't understand. And it's Randy Quaid who's entirely at fault. And when Tony Shalhoub thinks that he's hurt Randy Quaid, the guilt-ridden man like runs into the street, falls to his knees, and asks to be cuffed and begs for forgiveness. I was like, this is great. But the big one, the big hitter, this is my favorite scene in the fucking movie as well, is when they're they're stuck in what the projects, whatever, right? And they're trying to find a, a way to get out. And they see all of these people of color right? Or the whole neighborhood, the, all this. And they see one white guy and who like middle-class guy dressed up. And before anything happens, Bill Murray goes, this guy looks fucking dodgy. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, he does. He fucking does. He's the, I was like, finally in like the entire time of this podcast, this moment was handed to me. He's like, this guy's probably a fucking serial killer. He's got Iowa plates. He's got a sweater tied around his neck. What the fuck is he doing? And then he turns out to be a piece of shit. And I was like, there we yes. go. Uh, 100 what do you guys have for us yeah I've, a similar thing with that actually um thinking about the the, the, the guy who's a very like seems like he's, he's yeah he's very shifty and then he turns out to be but we also wrote down um the fact that one of the lines that um bill murray says um when he's in i think he's in that apartment um uh, within the project or whatever <laughs> it is and he says something about um relating to the security gates at the airport, JFK, and he says, like, terrorists make it difficult for us bank robbers, you know, how the whole like, security thing because of, you know, how things are these days with the, the open mm. security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Fair enough, fair enough. I like that um, as well. I like Bill Murray just giving you a little note, just being like, maybe terrorists aren't that bad. You, like, <laughs> maybe yeah. they have a... <laughs> The next category that we usually have, I don't know if, did, uh, correct me if I if I actually said this, did, did I tell you guys about Freaky Friday? Yes, you did, yes. yes. Okay, awesome, awesome. So the Freaky Friday is when we, which characters between, would you switch between these two movies? Do you guys want to go ahead? Yep, so I kind of thought that for a quick change, to make it more pleasing to me, I would put Whoopi Goldberg in there. <laughs> that is literally what I do. I don't know who I'd kind of take out. I think, I think it G was Gina Davis's character, yeah. 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 And kind of she would be Whoopi Goldberg would kind of put Bill Murray into check. So instead of being like a little woe is me, I'm pregnant, she'd be like, Are you seriously kidding me? Why didn't you get your stuff together in the first place? Why did you get your friends to beat that horn? And she would proper be sassy oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, sass, yeah. And I think I'd I'd enjoy that more. <laughs> Uh, genre bender, genre bender. So if you had to make this, either one of these movies, a different kind of movie and you think it would work really well, what would you change, Sam? Uh, so uh, for, uh, yeah, for Ghost, uh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna have it, I'd flip it to straight horror, just like hardcore, like really way too hardcore horror. 
uh, Patrick Swayze gets the revenge on Tony Goldwyn right at the beginning and gets a taste for it. And then he's like, yeah, I like pushing people into windows and shit. Um, quick change. Wouldn't change a thing. Perfect movie. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quick change. Quick change. I'd do like a Diablo Cody thing. I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to do exactly the same story, but we're going to play it like Juno or something. We're just going to just class it up a little bit. Everyone's really. You know what's interesting of the thing that you said there, Sam, that I think would be kind of cool is let's say. Uh, Patrick Swayze kills Tony Goldwyn. Mm. Uh, Demi Moore is safe, but it turns it turns out he still can't leave. Mm. Still can't leave. So you have the situation where Demi Moore is um, she's trying to move on with her life, but she can't because Patrick Swayze is the thing that's holding her back. And then like he gradually turns into the villain over the course of the, cause he was a, 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 you know, he had his real problems or whatever, but now uh, he's just holding her back from growing and changing. It just becomes the invisible man. Some, oh dude, that's what was so good. So the, good. The new joint. one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. The new one with um, the uh, woman from her. Yeah, that's a cracker. Yeah, I, fucking, was, I love that really joke. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, sorry. Um, genre bender. <laughs> genre bender. Sorry, guys. It's got a bit sidetracked there. Um, what would you, how would you, if you could twist this into different genres, either one, what would you do? Yeah, so I'll take one for, and you take the other one. So, um, so I said, like, agree with Sam of the fact that it being a, a horror film because I'd no, like to see more ghosts in Ghost. <laughs> as, mm. as, might sound but um and yeah more implications with the what what scared sophie is a, a little girl a little more of that darkness mm. infused within this the story a little bit more a bit more seedier a bit more a bit more violent i suppose that would, that would be fantastic i love to see i don't know how well it would play out but in in based around the comedy of Whoopi goldberg and all that but um i'm sure there's some way around it to make it a bit more sinister um mm. Quick change. <laughs> I would probably want that a little bit more action-packed. Take away your cheesy pun lines and a little bit more serious. Maybe a bit of a plot twist so it's you, it kind of veers off somewhere and you don't really know. Let's say maybe the leave Bill Murray because obviously she's thinking about it, but obviously she's too in love with him that she can't possibly leave his yeah, side. Right. And kind of actually be a woman. Right, okay, I'm wanting to leave. I'm going to leave. And kind of that action-packed, maybe she gets, I don't know, you know, the action films where she'll get taken away and she's a hostage actually for real. Mm-hmm. A little bit more or she, grit. Or she just it. turns on him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something get like that. get with the money or something, yeah. Completely get rid of the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, make make it straight action. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's an option. Um, I, I really want Ghost to be, want it to be a bit more, I want more sex in it. Um, guys, I think what this really at its core should have been is one of those old school, um, nineties erotic thrillers in the style of basic instinct, indecent proposal, wild orchid, nine and a half weeks, just, just, yeah, sex on screen before people had widespread access to pornography. (laughs) <laughs> and this was where you had to go. You had to go sit there in a room full of strangers 
mm. and just be aroused. And <laughs> just look at a 10 minute sex scene and look at the person next to you and go, whew, that was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kind of, that's what I want to see. I want to see Ghost. I want to see Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze. Uh, I want to see the threesome. And then I want to see uh, Patrick Swayze and Tony Goldwyn going at it. Just boom, boom, boom. I want to see everyone smashing. Then he's dead. He's a ghost. <laughs> then I want to see the meme where she has to have sex with this ghost. How are they going to film it? How are they gonna... <laughs> She's on a harness. I want to see all of this kind of stuff. Um, I want to see the meme more in the midst of grief, trying to smash her way through all of this. Uh, Manhattan banker situation, visible decks everywhere, blue hues, saxophones, um, blindfolds, people, food. Uh, there's a, a sausage roll over there. It's crazy. No one knows what's going on. No one knows what's going on. It's too insane. That's hot. I'm into it's it. Hot. That's what I want to see. Ghosts. I'm into it. My grandma's it. into it. We're all into it. All right. Like, Everyone's in there. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> There's a uh, deleted scene that they couldn't get past the census <laughs> where Patrick Swayze fucks a piece of clay. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> no one wanted to see it. It's in the DVD extended extras. <laughs> Too hot for TV. Patrick Swayze, he said he he would have to do it. The director was like, Patrick, we don't want to do it. He's like, God damn it, I'm the star. <laughs> yeah. I'm the go, star. Go full Nicolas Cage. Like, I want to eat everyone. If I don't fuck that piece of clay, I'm walking. I'm walking, okay? And he does. He fucks the piece of clay. Completely consensual, of course. And it's just nuts. Whoopi Goldberg's in there. It's people are standing up, 69ing. It's crazy. That's like no one's ever sorry. No one's ever seen such a thing, Sam. It's uh it's amazing. And the credits roll and the closing image is just like the imprint left in the clay. I'm just seeing just that a, as the names go past just, the mold. Just a, a big dick that Patrick Swayze with his beautiful, voluptuous, massive penis that he's putting out in there. <laughs> Could we also give a shout out to Quick Change for the, sorry, just right at the end that line where they're all fighting on the plane and the the, the mob boss's girl, girlfriend or wife reveals that she's been banging Mario and she's talking about his penis and she screams, "What? It's wider than his neck!" And then it cuts to him with a neck wider than his own head. And I was like, Matt, yeah, you know what? Props for getting that in there. Oh my god. That's what we want to see, guys. Yeah, that's what we want to see. And I think the last one, the last one, Sam, I always forget this one, is the sequel generator, right? So if you had to make a ghost two or you had to make a quick change two, what would you do? Sam? Uh, ghost two is some slight editing on the events of Ghost, but Willy Lopez didn't go to hell. <laughs> Willy Lopez is sticking around and it's his story of unfinished business because he was he would have also been a backup instant cancel for me because I feel like, you know when you see something like that feels, I can't pinpoint it, but it feels racist. It feels, there's something about this where I'm, this depiction where I'm like, I don't like it. I feel like Willy is also doing all of this for a lot less money than Tony Goldwyn is. <laughs> Willie's doing this for like fucking two months rent. This guy's talking about four mil. Willie has a story. I don't think this guy deserves to go to... So he killed a dude. Loads of people have killed a dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, Patrick, ooh, Also, Patrick Swayze killed a dude. 
Patrick Swayze killed the dude. Patrick Swayze killed the dude. And that got got him in. Forget about it. Technically dead, though, already. So the choice had already been made. Yeah, I mean, there's double jeopardy. You can't kill him twice. Like, we know the... We know, the, we know the rules. We know the rules. What would you guys have? Sequel generator. If you had to come up with sequels for either Quick Change or Ghost, what would you have? I don't know as to how um, you'd make it. I think Ghost on its own would work since you wouldn't need a sequel for Ghost. It would just be like a s- simple cash-in. Whereas um, Quick Change 2, you could make something out of that, like like a where are they now kind of thing and like try to do another scam with a bank or something somewhere else. I feel like that would... To be fair, the ghost one would be for me, would be whoopy. I'd be like, right, okay, let's mm. her side mm. kind of delve into that. And now that she's released her medium and all these ghosts can come in after Sam, does that not close off? So what she got to well, she deal just, with. Yeah, she just picked all those other ghosts as well. So there might be another story <laughs> from somebody else who is yeah. a, a similar situation. Mm. Business. That's actually the sorry. That's actually the only that's the only sequel generator that I have actually thought. While somebody said I would actually pay to go see that as a series, I would actually pay to go see Whoopi do Ghost better again and again and again. Yeah. Mm. No, it's good. I I enjoy that. I would uh, do maybe Ghosts in Europe. Um, <laughs> Always mission to Moscow with you, or um, I don't know, ghosts in space. Maybe that's the <laughs> okay. maybe that's the sequel. Ghosts in space, ghosts in the ghost and ghostera is uh, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> um, uh, back in uh, back in business. That's what I want to see. I want to see. I want to see that. Mm. That should be good. It should be good, guys. I think uh, I think that's uh, that's all we have uh, for you today. Um, do you, uh, do you guys want to plug plug your podcast? Uh, I've listened to a few of the episodes, the Amelie one, all of that. So, uh, plug it for us. Tell the people where they can where they can hear you. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms. That being on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean, um, and of course, you can find us on the social media platforms of Instagram and Twitter under the handle sp underscore film viewers. Yeah, so we'd really love if you like light-hearted, funny, me wittering you know, on <laughs> pod, uh, movie-related podcasts. Then that's the place to go. Um, Sophie's obviously the main star of the show, really, with her opinions on things I'm trying to introduce her to. Yeah, I'm so. quite a closed book initially, so Paul's got his work on with me to try and educate <laughs> me in film. That's kind mm, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, we 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 you guys have a little idea of what's going on over there. Paul, going maybe you wanna do you wanna do you like this? Do you like this movie? So he's like, that is trash. That's the worst movie I have ever seen. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. But it's fun, guys. It's fun, guys. Check it out. Um, um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you uh, joining up with us. Uh, and remember, guys, you know, uh, tell someone, tell a friend. Tell a friend about uh, B Plot Podcast, you know. Again, and to say it's it's better, uh, it's better than you think. That that's all we'll take. We'll take it. We'll take it. It's better than you think. All right. Uh, say goodbye to the people, Sam. Let's get out of here. Goodbye, people. <laughs>